Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811, We're getting down to it less than 30 days. I think it's 28 days until the election. So uh, this is the last few minutes in the fourth quarter. This is very, very important. Voting has started in, uh, in many, many states. Uh, including in Florida and other states, and you should get out and vote. You should get out and vote and make sure your vote counts. And then spend time getting family who are of the same mindset or sympathetic to the same viewpoint to do exactly the same thing. Because otherwise, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to save the country if, if we don't start clawing our way back right now. I believe that. You know, some people are Pollyannas out there. They think it's a ratings boost to keep going on and on. I'm telling you the truth. uh, Where I sit and what's going on in this country. And I know they've tried to tear down Herschel Walker and Mr. Producer. Let's invite Mr. Walker back on the program. Even if we have to double up uh, candidates now. Um, we're going to have Lee Zeldin on next week as well, talk about his harrowing experience, that with his children. We have a real shot at the governorship of a major, major state, which makes a huge difference. Dr. Oz will be coming on this evening in the third hour. Don Bolduck, who's running for the Senate New Hampshire. Mitch McConnell has written him off. I don't write him off. Lauren, uh, Lauren Bobert in Colorado's in a fight. She'll be back. Telly Shabaka, who's been targeted by McConnell from Alaska, she'll be on the program. 
I mentioned Lee Zeldin, Blake Masters. We're working on Ted Budd out of North Carolina. Ted Budd is confirmed, okay. And we're going to swing back. We're looking at certain House candidates, too. We can't do them all. But I can assure you, if you keep trying to call me or email me or whatever, it ain't going to happen. So cool it. We're doing our best here. This isn't the Republican National Committee. Uh, but it is a radio program and a host who is committed to the mission and always has been and always will be. Simply no question about that. Otherwise, what's the point of talk radio? There is no point. Now, there is a remarkable piece in the Wall Street Journal today. And to set the foundation for this, Nancy Pelosi blocked blocked legislation, real legislation, not phony legislation, blocked real legislation that would have prevented insider training, insider trading by members of Congress. She and her husband have made tens of millions of dollars, I would argue, by insider trading. When you consider she determines what will be voted on and whether it will pass or not. And her husband is a so-called financial advisor. They claim to never speak to each other. Now, I believe there are cases where husbands and wives don't speak to each other about their jobs. Most judges, whether they're district court judges, appellate justices, or Supreme Court justices, I get it. Because they're not profiting from anything. But when you look at the pattern and you look at the profiteering of the Pelosi family, it's unbelievable. One of the reasons that they go after Donald Trump, they go after his taxes, they go after his businesses, is because nobody in recent times has tried to bulldoze through the corrupt Washington, D.C., aristocracy like Donald Trump. So they're using their federal powers to try and destroy him and everybody around him. And that includes the bureaucracy. This is a massive piece by the Wall Street Journal. They literally had six reporters on this. You know, over the New York Slimes, they have six reporters and Maggot Haberman on gossip stories that are leaked to them. Now, this was actual old-time research. Old-time research. Hidden records show thousands of senior executive branch employees, thousands, own stocks and companies whose fates were directly affected by their employer's actions. A Wall Street Journal investigation found. You would think the hometown, Washington, Post in the Washington, D.C. area would have broken this story, but they're not even looking because it's not in their self-interest to expose the corrupt bureaucracy, to expose the corrupt Democrat Party. It's in their interests financially and otherwise to go after somebody like Donald Trump. 
thousands of officials across the government's executive branch reported owning or trading stocks that stood to rise or fall with decisions their agencies made. A Wall Street Journal investigation has found more than 2,600 officials. 2,600 at agencies from the Commerce Department to the Treasury Department during both Republican and Democratic administrations. And keep in mind, anybody know a Republican president who could actually control the Democrat-run bureaucracy? There aren't any. They do their best, but there aren't any. Disclose stock investments in companies while those same companies were lobbying their agencies for favorable policies. That amounts to more than one in five senior federal employees across 50 federal agencies reviewed by the journal. Now, let's stop. And why is that? Because they they take care of each other. That's why the corporatists are now Democrats. That's why the corporatists do not support slashing government. That's why the corporatists use the bureaucracy to attack their competition. And apparently the bureaucrats make a ton of money by supporting their favorite corporatists. What do you think the framers of the Constitution would say? You see, Dizzy Lizzie Cheney and morons like her don't understand that this is the insurrection. This is the insurrection. Top official at the Environmental Protection Agency reported purchases of oil and gas stocks. The Food and Drug Administration improperly let an official own dozens of food and drug stocks on its no-buy list. A Defense Department official <coughs> bought stock in a defense company five times before it won new business from the Pentagon. And we... We, the American people, who are not in on this scam, we pay for all of it. All of it. The Journal obtained and analyzed more than 31,000 financial disclosure forms for about 12,000 senior career employees, political staff, and presidential appointees. The review spans 2016 through 2021 and includes data on about 850,000 financial assets, more than 315,000 trades reported in stocks, bonds, and funds by the officials, their spouses, or dependent children. The vast majority of the disclosure forms aren't available online or readily accessible. The review amounts to the most comprehensive analysis of investments held by executive branch officials who have wide but largely unseen influence over public policy. And I've got one of those one of those regulations that they're putting in place right now. I'm not done with this piece, but I just want to underscore the point. Are you an independent contractor? That doesn't mean with the federal government. Are you an independent contractor? You might be your own small business person. An independent business person. You might even be an independent journalist. In other words, you're not an employee of a particular corporation. You're your own employee and boss. Well, the Department of Labor, under Joe Biden, as of today, 
October 13, 2022, excuse me, as of, uh, I guess that's Thursday, essentially want to eliminate the existence of independent contractors. They want to take up another one of the lame brain ideas coming out of California in which they claim that a law in the 1930s in the New Deal the Fair Labor's Act, among other things. That you're not able to pay independent contractors the kind of money they should have, minimum wage and all the rest. The Fair Labor Standards Act. And what they want to do, of course, has nothing to do with that. This is another sop by Biden and the Democrats to the big labor boss thugs. To force people out of their businesses. They will lose their, (coughs) excuse me, cholera. They will lose their small businesses. If they're individuals, they're writers and journalists. If they're engineers and architects. You know who you are and you know what I'm talking about. They would eliminate it. Killing all those jobs. Now, if this isn't the kind of tyranny, the Marxist tyranny that I keep talking about, they've given legal notice. They want to do this by regulation. What happens on this program is usually I break these stories, and then they'll be picked up by the backbenchers. Without attribution, of course, they're angry with me because I call them the backbenchers. You haven't seen this story on cable TV yet, and you haven't heard it in radio yet. Because it's not juicy, you know, it doesn't have the name Hunter Biden in it. And I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about Hunter Biden. This will affect hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people's lives. And this has nothing to do with representative government. Look how they do it. Radical labor department. Radical regulation. They want to impose California's system on America. I want Florida's system throughout America, but they want to oppose, impose California's system. Shocking, isn't it? That they want to eliminate independent contractors? Shocking. Among the journal's findings, while the government was ramping up scrutiny of big technology companies, more than 1,800 federal officials reported owning or trading at least one of four major tech stocks. Meta Platform Inc.'s Facebook, Alphabet Inc.'s Google, Apple Inc., Amazon.com Inc. More than five dozen officials at five agencies, including the Federal Trade Commission and Justice Department, for crying out loud, reported trading stock in companies shortly before their departments announced enforcement actions, such as charges and settlements against those companies. More than 200 senior EPA officials, nearly one in three, reported investments in companies that were lobbying the agency. EPA employees and their family members collectively own between 400000 and nearly $2 million in shares of oil and gas companies on average each year between 2016 and 2021. At the Defense Department, officials in the office of the Secretary 
reported collectively owning 1.2 million and 3.4 million of stock in aerospace and defense companies on average every year, examined by the journal. Some held stock in Chinese companies, while the U.S. was considering blacklisting the companies. About 70 federal officials reported using riskier financial techniques, such as short selling and options trading, with some individual trades valued at between $5 million and $25 million. These are federal employees. In all, the forms revealed more than 90,000 trades of stocks during the six-year period reviewed. And when financial holdings caused a conflict, the agencies sometimes simply waived the rules. More... When I return, Mark Lovin. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. On top of this, ladies and gentlemen, some members of Congress have above average investing returns. Wow. If you can't beat him, join him seems to be the unofficial mantra of two new exchange traded funds or ETFs recently filed as a way to track the trading of U.S. congressional members and their families. This is at CNBC. Subversive Capital filed a Form N1A on September 15 to establish two ETFs that will allow that will follow exactly how Democrat and Republican members of Congress are trading. Recently, the subject of congressional members trading stocks has raised questions regarding the potential for insider trading and conflicts of interest. And so your members of Congress are over 90 of them in my view, have been involved in maybe not legally insider trading, although maybe, but certainly politically insider trading. And so you and I are getting ripped off left and right here, and no wonder the corporations have thrown in with the Democrats and the bureaucracy. I'll be right back. Rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad 
that as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Levinites, I want to thank you. Another blockbuster rating is on our Fox Life, Liberty, and Levin program. Last Sunday, I want you to do me a favor. There are millions of you listening. You go on social media. I want you to go on Mark Levin Show Twitter. And I want you to look at some of the comments on postings. On the postings. Where I point out Vladimir Putin and Russia's links to Nazis. To Nazis. And of course, in Ukraine, the president is Jewish. Some of his cabinet's Jewish. The prior president, Jewish. But that's beside the point. I want you to look at the Russian trolls who come on there. Russian trolls, both out of Russia and the United States, who come on there. And say that I now support Nazis, Mr. Producer. Have you seen that? I now support Nazis, according to the Russian trolls, because I know that Putin is a Stalinist who invaded a free country, as free as you're going to get over there, and tried to conquer it. And now he's slaughtering their people again in the torture chambers. We've talked about how they've moved two million people into, into Russia for slave labor and and, of course, the Russian trolls mention none of that. So I put links out there to various sites. Indisputable facts. And so because I don't support Putin and then more broadly Russia and what's going on, I support Nazis. Because they buy into the Putin propaganda, and it's not just Putin. But the Putin propaganda, that it's Ukraine that's filled with Nazis. Now, there is a group that's a neo-Nazi group that is fighting along the, with uh, other Ukrainians. It's a relatively small group. I don't... Uh, celebrate that group. I don't endorse that group. I have nothing to do with that group, of course. But it is interesting, isn't it? They'll point to that one instance and condemn it. Good. But the endless instances in Vladimir Putin's orbit are ignored, utterly ignored. Jews are now fleeing Russia. 
They've been told to get the hell out of there by various rabbis and Jewish organizations. Not the same with Ukraine. Why is that? I'm just pointing this out, ladies and gentlemen, because this is one of the lines that go out there when you say Putin is a madman. And then I would ask this question. How many nuclear missiles does Ukraine have aimed at the United States? None. Zero. How many nuclear missiles does Putin have aimed at the United States and keeps threatening to use them? Dozens, if not hundreds. And yet we have these Russian trolls in the United States, some of whom even claim to be Trump supporters, clearly not, some of whom even claim to be conservatives, truly not, some people who even claim that they oppose war, but they certainly don't, who defend Putin. And then claim they're not defending Putin. Russian trolls. They come on Twitter and the other sites. Truth Social. Getter. Parlor. Whatever. So you should go on there and see it. And feel free to respond to them of course. It was Stalin who signed the pact with Hitler. Hitler turned on Stalin. But it's Putin who's developed neo-Nazi organizations and supremacist organizations. Not only to keep his own power in Russia, but to use against other countries. We conservatives don't support this. We true conservatives reject this. There may be some kind of other ideology bouncing around out there dressed up as conservatism constitutionalism, Reaganism, Trumpism. It's none of that. Now, it's fair to debate the issue of funding Ukraine, how much to fund Ukraine, and also whether that money's being used for the proper purposes. That's, that's perfectly fine. But when you side with an enemy, an enemy that's done cyber warfare acts against us, that is working with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran, that is working with the communist Chinese regime in Beijing, that is working with the North Korean regime that helps the Castro regime, then you're just an idiot. You're a nut. Period. That's the way it is. So I want you folks in mass, if you will, if you have a few minutes, go on there. Mark Levin Show, Twitter, and look at these comments from these Russian bots. It's really quite remarkable. There's a lot of them. They claim to speak for you and my audience. They claim to speak for conservatives. They claim to speak for... Uh, America first, they claim to speak for uh, on behalf of the United States. No, they're not. They're all frauds. Utter frauds. Now, I want to pick this up again, speaking of frauds in the federal government. 
Wall Street Journal. Investing by federal agency officials has drawn far less public attention than that of lawmakers. And by the way, even though lawmakers have been faced with this, they haven't passed any serious law to prevent them from insider trading. Congress has long faced criticism for not prohibiting lawmakers from working on matters in which they have a financial interest. The rules were tightened in 2012 by the Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Act. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. But the Pelosi's just keep raking it in and raking it in and raking it in. U.S. law prohibits federal officials from working on any matters that could affect their personal finances. Additional regulations adopted in 1992 direct federal employees to avoid even appearance of a conflict of interest. Oh, isn't that isn't that sweet? In 1978, Ethics and Government Act requires senior federal employees above a certain pay level to file annual financial disclosure listings their income, assets, loans. The financial figures are reported in broad dollar ranges. Let me put it to you in a very easy way. Washington protects Washington. The bureaucracy protects the bureaucracy. Congress protects Congress. And so when you get people in the office of the White House who come out of this mud, this slush, they're going to do nothing about it or they're going to benefit from it. We'd still love to know how Joe Biden became a multimillionaire with mansions including an oceanfront mansion in Rehoboth Beach on a senator's salary for two years of speeches? No, folks, that's not cutting it. And the way the Wall Street Journal did this really fantastic and remarkable investigation, it wouldn't take much for them or the Washington Compost, which is Washington, D.C.'s hometown paper, or the New York slimes that pretends to speak for everybody, it wouldn't take much for them to really do do a uh, forensic examination of the Biden family. It wouldn't take much for Maggot Haberman to get off her gossip, Trump-hating, obsession, psycho beat, and to investigate the Biden crime family. Of course, she won't. She's a grifter. She makes all of her money from this. But you get my point. And of course, no committee in Congress, as long as the Democrats control it, are going to investigate this. And I doubt that Mitch McConnell, should the Republicans take over, will allow any committee in the Senate to investigate it. Why? Because they have they have McConnell by the you know what's too. Peter Schweitzer has laid it out. Sentence, chapter, verse. That Mitch McConnell is worth tens of millions of dollars because he married into a family that's been given favorable treatment by the communist regime in China. It's another reason Mitch McConnell hates Trump. Because Trump is tough with China. Mitch McConnell hasn't done a damn thing about China in all the years that he's been in the Senate. Can you think of anything? No, you can't, because he hasn't. I'll be right back. Mark Levin.
rights, immigration, foreign policy, marriage. These subjects are a big part of political dialogue today. We talk about them often on my show. They're at the heart of so many campaigns this election. But what did our founding fathers say about these issues? We've moved so far from the founders' understanding of government that you'll be surprised by their answers. And my favorite college, Hillsdale College, has the best way to learn about the founders' deep and wise insights into human nature. Today, you can join Hillsdale professors Thomas West and David Azarad as they explore the thoughts and ideas of America's founders in Hillsdale's newest free online course, The Real American Founding, A Conversation. So don't wait, folks. The midterm elections are right around the corner, and you need to understand the founders' thoughts about the pressing issues of their and our time. Watch the trailer video of The Real American Founding, A Conversation. It's a killer. And sign up for this new, completely free online course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Yes, most of the bureaucracy donates to Democrats. Much of the bureaucracy, particularly at the senior level, benefits from big government. Benefits from trading stocks, making investments decisions, rather. And then we have this from the Free Beacon. Chuck Ross Two FBI officials who briefed Facebook ahead of its decision to censor news stories about Hunter Biden's laptop donated to Democrats in 2020, according to court filings and campaign finance records. Laura Dumlow, the unit chief for the FBI's Foreign Influence Task Force, and Elvis Chan, the head of the FBI's San Francisco Cyber Division, were quote-unquote involved in the communications between the FBI and Facebook that led to the social media giant's suppression of the Hunter Biden's laptop story, according to a court filing on Thursday. The FBI's interactions with Facebook have been of interest since Mark Zuckerberg said in August that Facebook blocked access to an October 2020 New York Post article about Biden's laptop because the FBI had earlier warned the company to be on high alert for Russian efforts to release derogatory information about the Bidens before the election. You see how sleazy and dirty and corrupt this is? According to campaign finance records, Demlo gave $60 to the Democrat National Committee in 2020. It's not the amount of money, folks. It's the allegiance. Chan contributed $50 each to Democratic Georgia Senators John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock for their runoff campaigns in November 2020. And according to the court filing, Facebook parent company Meta identified Denholm and Chan in response to a subpoena for records of interactions with the Biden administration. The filing released by the Missouri Attorney General's office on Monday does not detail Demlo and Chan's interactions with Facebook or any other social media companies. The Attorney General's office is suing the Biden administration for allegedly colluding with social media companies to, quote, censor free speech, which, of course, they are. And the contributions are likely to revive long-standing concerns about political bias in the FBI's probe on Biden. Yeah, I think so. The problem is we have to rely on the House to get to the bottom of much of this because I don't think, other than Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson, and I don't believe they're operating with the support of the Republican leadership in the Senate, not even close. 
uh, to get to the bottom of this. And to the bottom of this, we must get. I'm not here to depress you. I'm here to tell you what's going on in your country. And this is what's going on in your country. While CNN and MSNBC are utterly useless carbon footprints. Pravda propagandists for the regime. Every now and then a story squirts out. From some journalist or some journalistic project. A rare exception to the rule. But we shouldn't have rare exceptions to the rule when it comes to the First Amendment and free press. The exception should be the Pravda part of the press. But it's not. And this is what we get. The corrupt FBI, increasingly, in my view, a Stasi-like operation. Well, what would you call it? Those who disagree with me, what do you think it is? What would you call it? I mean, look what the former president's going through over what? Documents? Oh, they tell us the documents are crucially important, classified information. And that it technically violates this side or the other. Well, the communist Chinese are all over our number one top federal nuclear lab. The FBI's at Mar-a-Lago, not at the lab. The FBI's chasing Trump's lawyers, not the communist Chinese spies. It's incredible what's going on in this country. Now, I've told you over the past few days, part of last week, of a couple of court decisions stemming from 2020 that the petitioners, the plaintiffs, are winning or have won that raise significant issues about voting processes and, yes, even about fraud. And I noticed that the same media that have claimed there's not one single case, the legal analysts tell us, the formal federal prostitutes tell us, not one single case. And I'm going to tell you about another one that's heading to the United States Supreme Court. A second one. In addition to the issue related to Article 2, that is, where state courts and other officials undermine state legislatures in determining election laws. There's another matter that came before the Supreme Court that I want to make you aware of, also involving the state of Pennsylvania. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Those of you who've listened to this show over the years 
particularly the last few years, you'll know that my position has been that there were violations of election laws in the federal constitution, in some cases state constitution, as in Pennsylvania. And this was the fraud that I've been pointing to. That I've been pointing to. I don't know anything about machines. I don't know anything about ballots. I don't know. I'm telling you about the Constitution of the United States, some of these state constitutions, and some of these laws in some of these states. That I know. That's what I study. And so it's been very frustrating for me when so-called conservatives who write for so-called conservative platforms or so-called conservative former federal prosecutors or so-called conservative former attorney general, they go on TV and they say, look, uh, there was no evidence of systemic fraud. And we looked, we looked. And, of course, some people who even worked for that attorney general don't agree with him, U.S. attorney who represented Philadelphia, but that's beside the point. They know, and they have known, that the Constitution was violated in certain states. They know it. They know it today. And if they didn't understand it, I've only explained it a thousand times. Now, you're not going to hear it from the January 6th committee, which is utterly corrupt, Stalinistic, filled with self-aggrandizing hypocrites, who've challenged elections in the past. But that's beside the point, too. You're not going to get it from the media, for the most part, which is corrupt, filled with low IQ morons, and again, is not interested in telling you the truth. All they have to do, I've said it a thousand times right here. Here's a case, a story out of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Now, some of you in L.A., in New York, in Washington, around the country, you think your newspapers are liberal, and they are. They're rotten. There's nothing as bad as the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'm just telling you. It's the Trotskyite wing of the the Marxist media. doesn't get any more radical. Here we go. Ready? The Supreme Court just undid a key ruling for counting undated Pennsylvania mail ballots. The ruling involves a case about just 257 undated mail ballots from last year's November election, but its impact might be far greater. By Jonathan Lay. Ready? The U.S. Supreme Court on Tuesday vacated a federal appeals court decision that had allowed undated mail ballots to be counted in Pennsylvania. And as they write, or he does, injecting new uncertainty into an issue that could affect thousands of votes in next month's elections. The decision will open the door for new lawsuits over an issue that has become a consistent political and legal fight over the last two years. Republicans have sought to have undated mail ballots thrown out based on state election law, while Democrats have fought to have them counted. You know about this? This is one of the cases or situations I've told you about, that the Third Circuit was out in left field, that it's simply 
gave its okay to the rewriting of Pennsylvania election law and not by the state legislature and not through the state constitutional amendment processes. The Third Circuit blew it. And the Third Circuit's quite liberal. It's an appellate court under the Supreme Court. Tuesday's order simply voids the lower court's decision. It doesn't reverse it, offer any opinion on the merits of the case, or provide direction on whether undated ballots should be counted. No, but it certainly gives you a hint. If the Supreme Court thought everything was copacetic, smooth as ice, cool as a cucumber, it wouldn't have vacated the decision of the Federal Court of Appeals, the Third Circuit. Of course, we don't know how it'll finally rule, because it hasn't finally ruled. But we know what it did today. Amid that uncertainty, both sides rushed to interpret the ruling's practical effects. Quote, every county is expected to include undated ballots in their official returns for the November 8 election, consistent with Department of State's guidance. The Department of State's guidance is not the law. That's not what the law says. You're supposed to provide a date. How many of you have legal documents with no dates on them? Very few of you, I would think. How many banks accept checks with no dates on them? Acting Secretary of State Lee Chapman said in a statement Tuesday, this is consistent with the Department of State's guidance. She pointed to a state Commonwealth Court ruling that undated ballots should be counted under state and federal law. I'm sorry. This is the United States Supreme Court, ma'am. Or is it guy? But the U.S. Supreme Court's decision complicates the Department of State's argument. And further litigation over the issue is all but certain. No, it doesn't complicate it. It rejects it. Prior to this year's primary election, it was widely understood that undated ballots were to be rejected under state law. Yes, under state law, undated ballots are, are, are rejected. The appeals court decision upended that legal landscape, paving the way for undated mail ballots to be counted across the state for the first time. The federal court decision taken together with the Commonwealth Court decision led to a new understanding that undated ballots should be counted. Now, what's missing here, America? The state legislature never said that undated ballots should be counted. The state legislature and the law states they're not to be counted. Now, according to the mass corrupt media, the former federal prosecutor prostitutes and all the rest of them, this was just failed litigation by the Trumpites again and again, just failed. These cases take time to percolate, ladies and gentlemen. What happened is the Democrat Party lawyers and the Democrat candidate lawyers swung into action, caught Trump lawyers on their heels, went into states that they knew would be incredibly important states, they form shop for state courts. They form shopped for federal courts. But most of all, they knew in Pennsylvania they had a state Supreme Court 
that was radical left-wing Democrat and would do anything for the Democrat Party, as did the Florida Democrat Supreme Court in 2000 for Bush. Now that the federal appeals court ruling has been undone, it's not clear that the Commonwealth Court decision alone, which isn't considered legal precedent, can be interpreted as requiring counties to count undated ballots. That means the question of whether such ballots will be counted this election will likely be decided and vigorously fought over in the coming weeks. Now, who lit this fuse? Who's causing all this anguish, all this anarchy? The Democrats. The Republicans aren't in there trying to change state law through well-placed Republican officials. It's the Democrats. Now, why do they want undated ballots? Why do they assume Democrats don't know how to put dates down? Why do they assume Democrats will benefit from undated ballots? The only way you can assume that is if they're corrupt. Just another measure of protection, another standard in place to prevent illegal voting. Right, former federal prosecutors? Right, former attorney general? Well, why else? Do they think their voters are stupid and they don't know how to write dates? And because Democrats, here's the Philadelphia Inquirer, are much more likely to vote by mail than Republicans are. Oh, so we all agree that Democrats are stupid. They don't have to put down dates. Well, then you don't get to vote. A decision to count undated mail ballots is likely to mean hundreds or potentially thousands more Democratic votes get counted. They mean don't get counted. Adam Bonin, a Democratic lawyer in the Lehigh County case at issue, said the Supreme Court's decision was disappointing. But he emphasized that state courts have recently relied on state law to rule in favor of counting undated mail ballots. That means undated ballots should still be counted this November, he argued. Now, keep in mind, that's not the state law. Josh Voss, a Republican lawyer on the other side of the case, disagreed because the appeals court had changed the legal landscape, he said. The Supreme Court's decision was simply returned to the proper status quo, which he argued means undated ballots should be thrown out. And of course, he's right. That's the law. Pennsylvania election law requires voters to write a date on the outer mailing envelope when returning their mail ballots. State courts had held over the last two years that the date required means undated ballots, despite being received on time, must be rejected, and that had generally become the policy statewide. Because it's the law! But in May, a federal appeals court sent shockwaves through the primary election vote count when it ruled that the practice of rejecting undated mail ballots violates federal voting rights laws. Because any date on a ballot envelope is accepted, the Third Circuit Court of Appeals ruled the date is a technicality. Technicality? The world runs on technicality, you idiots. And throwing out ballots on a technicality runs afoul of what's known as the materiality provision of the Civil Rights Act. That prompted an immediate fight between the U.S. Senate campaigns of Republicans Mehmet Oz and David McCormick with McCormick filing a new lawsuit in state court to have undated ballots counted. Now, I criticized this at the time, and David McCormick is not a, a lawyer. He's actually a good guy. 
He didn't come up with this cockamamie argument. It was Chuck Cooper, his lawyer, a putative conservative who I've known for a long time, same man who represented John Bolton. He came up with this screwball idea, which, of course, would hurt Republicans because Republicans follow the law. And I had thought Chuck Cooper believed in federalism. I had thought Chuck Cooper believed that state constitutions should be abided by, but not in this case, apparently. Despite the universal impact it would have across that state and to benefit the Democrats who don't want standards. So while that lawsuit was separate from the Lehigh County case, it cited that case and adopted its general argument. Commonwealth Court President Judge Renee Conjubarier agreed, saying undated mail ballots should be counted. Now, you see how this bounces around from judge to judge, ladies and gentlemen? It's one of the reasons the framers wanted the state legislatures to make these decisions. After a handful of counties refused to count undated ballots in the primary, the Pennsylvania Department of State, which oversees elections, sued to have those ballots counted in the final certified totals. Now, just so you know, the Secretary of State back then was a radical Democrat who had to resign, and she, of course, has been replaced by a radical acting Secretary of State who's also a Democrat. (coughs) Excuse me. And so this went to the issue of the final certified totals. Which is why when you have an FBI investigating, ooh, people sent, you know, other, other counts to the archivist. It's not like they hid who they were. They sent a different group of electors and elector votes to the archivist, and that is a crime. These people had their backs against the wall because these courts were making outrageous decisions in violation of the federal constitution, the state constitution, and state law. Con Jubilee again agreed. That's the state judge, this time laying out an extensive opinion for why undated mail ballots should not be rejected, citing both state and federal law. You know, I have found the longer an opinion a judge writes or a court writes, It's because they don't have a convincing decision. But Republicans are likely to challenge that argument now that the U.S. Supreme Court has vacated the Third Circuit ruling in the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. Were you able to follow that, America, Mr. Producer? So you can see what the Democrats have been up to. This was a forever law that you have to put the date on the envelope. But because they had such massive early voting, well, there wasn't, everybody didn't put the dates on the envelopes, which raises serious questions. But it doesn't matter if it raises questions or not. That is a quote-unquote technicality like being a citizen, like having voter identification, like whether or not you can see when you drive. You know, they're technicalities, but they're not material, of course. Well, of course they're material. Every technicality in voting is material. That's why the state legislature put it in place. It's not a violation of the Voting Rights Act. It's never been a violation of the Voting Rights Act. And it's been in place for decades. It was only challenged now 
because the Democrats sent all their slip and fall ambulance chasing lawyers into Pennsylvania, in Arizona, into Wisconsin, into Georgia, into Michigan, into other states that they were concerned that Trump might win to change the election laws. And now that North Carolina has challenged its state Supreme Court, that is the state legislature, which is Republican, is challenging the court, which is Democrat, and how they changed the election laws, when it, excuse me, the uh, gerrymandering laws. Now this issue is queued up even in a bigger way, which is why the Democrats are attacking the justices in advance on the, on the theory that the state legislatures make the decision. It's not a theory, it's in the Constitution. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. These are very, very important matters, ladies and gentlemen. So you can see that the U.S. Supreme Court smacked down the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, one of the federal appellate courts under the Supreme Court, basically saying, where the hell did you pull that out from? And I guess what's most disappointing is when you have, in many cases, volunteer litigators or litigators who are not paid a whole lot. They don't come out of these massive corporate law firms. And they're litigating down in the county level. And they're litigating down in the state level. And they are duking it out on constitutional grounds. And they are right. Being trashed by former federal prosecutors, by a former Attorney General of the United States, by even conservative media, when they are right about what they're trying to do to set things straight for the next election. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one. Switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. 
Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L E V I N Podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. All right, ladies and gentlemen, more on the elections. Mr. Fetterman, you know, the truth is, after John Fetterman had this stroke, they should have gone with somebody else. But they didn't want to because they cleared the field for Fetterman. Now, Fetterman was always a radical. But now the problem is he really has issues uh, in terms of understanding what's being said. And when you're talking about what's supposedly the greatest deliberative body, and you can't understand or, or, or process what's being said, that's a pretty big deal, if you ask me. Now, what cut is this, Mr. Uh, Producer, where cut 13, where even a, a correspondent for NBC News, MSNBC Today, Dasha Burns, has to admit uh, it was not the easiest interview she ever did. Cut 13, go. We had a monitor set up so that he could read my questions because he still has lingering auditory processing issues as a result of the stroke, which means he has a hard time understanding what he's hearing. Now, once he reads the question, he's able to understand. You'll hear he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our our conversations. So he has a hard time understanding the conversations, understanding the spoken word, and giving the spoken word. He shouldn't be in the Senate, regardless of party and regardless of viewpoint. Now, the problem is He's got other problems apart from the problems that were pointed out there by the MSNBC reporter. This is from Fox. Fetterman helped release man convicted of murdering elderly woman. And we're hearing more and more about this stuff now. More and more. Jessica Chasmar, Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor and Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman cast a crucial vote that led to the release of a man convicted of first-degree murder in the 1969 killing of an elderly woman. In December, Fetterman, who chairs the Pennsylvania Board of Pardons, voted along with the rest of the board to release Edward Silvis, fulfilling the unanimous vote requirement to recommend clemency. Democrat Governor Tom Wolf granted the request on February 15, releasing him from prison. This parole board is filled with leftists appointed by the governor. The governor is a leftist, and of course the lieutenant governor is a Marxist. Silvis, now 82, was serving a life sentence for the fatal shooting of 87-year-old Alice Siggins, a retired teacher, during an attempted robbery in her Armstrong County home on April 12, 1969. 
murders a woman who's 87 years old like she was some kind of a threat. Silvas was accused of shooting Siggins once with a rifle before fleeing without taking any cash. Silvas reportedly turned himself into state police that same night. PenLive.com reported in 2016, Silvas tried and failed five times to convince the courts to let him out of prison. During his public hearing this past December, Marsha Grayson, who serves as the victim representative of the Board of Pardons, was vacant. It did not cast a vote. In other words, she wasn't there is what they're trying to say. So there was nobody there to speak for the victim's family and to vote against this, which has to be unanimous. So they took the vote, you see. According to the Amistad Law Project, a progressive law firm in Philadelphia, a.k.a. Marxist, the Armstrong County District Attorney attended the hearing in opposition to Silvis's request for clemency, while the Department of Corrections appeared in support. Who cares who appears at all, quite frankly? Who cares? He murdered an 87-year-old woman in cold blood. That's it. Game over. Fetterman campaign spokes idiot Joe Calvalio on Monday defended Fetterman's vote for clemency. John's record on the Board of Pardons has been widely praised by Democrats and Republicans alike. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. John saved taxpayer money. So it was about taxpayer money. Wow. How do you like that? John, who would spend us into further oblivion. Fetterman, who is a uh, who wants to spend like a drunken Marxist. He was worried about taxpayer money. Don't you hate how these people lie? Hate it? This individual did not have a single misconduct case in his 52 years in prison, said the Fetterman spokesman. So what? He could have gotten a death penalty. Unbelievable. Fetterman's record on crime has come under scrutiny as his race against Republican opponent Mehmet Oz continues to tighten. Fetterman, who once had a sizable lead, is now... Only 3.7 points ahead, according to the real clear politics average of polls, which really doesn't matter. Fetterman last year cast the lone vote in a failed bid to free Alex Rodriguez, not the baseball player. Who is this? Actually, it's Alexis Rodriguez, who was convicted of murdering the 17-year-old son of a Philadelphia police officer in 1989. You got that? (laughs) he was the lone vote to free Alexis Rodriguez who was a convicted of murdering the 17 year old son of a Philadelphia police officer in 1989 in March of last year knowing he was going to run for the Senate Fetterman cast the lone vote in a failed bid to commute the sentence of John David Brookins, who is serving a life sentence after being convicted of murdering a woman with a pair of scissors. That's three murders. So we're not talking about pot smoking. We're talking about killers. There's more. 
Fetterman also successfully pushed for the early release of Raymond Johnson, who was sentenced to life in prison after he was convicted of first-degree and second-degree murder in a 1973 York County slaying. Is there a murderer who Fetter doesn't want to release? Is there a murderer who Fetterman doesn't want to release? Now, ladies and gentlemen, Pennsylvania and around the country, especially Pennsylvania, this man is not capable of leading an effort to protect your streets. Philadelphia's crime is completely out of control. John Fetterman is a fraud. The same John Fetterman who ran down the street with a double-barrel shotgun chasing a black man who never did anything. And threatening him. These guys always pretend. These guys always pretend to know what they're, uh, excuse me, to, to support minorities. Does Fetterman support minorities when he wants to release convicted murderers? And convicted murderers, ladies and gentlemen, it's the big cities that pay the biggest price for this stuff. The big cities. In Philadelphia, my hometown... These horrific crimes that are going on in that city, record number of murders and so forth. And while they are happening in some of the more prosperous areas, the neighborhoods that are hurt the most, North Philadelphia, West Philadelphia, parts of South Philadelphia, parts of the Northeast, heavily minority People who can't go out in the evenings on their street. There are a lot of row houses in Philadelphia and sit on the steps. Where people used to talk to each other. Neighbors used to talk to each other. Maybe have a cigarette. Maybe have a beer. This is what I remember as a kid. They can't do it anymore. They can't even be sure if their kids are going to be safe. They can't even go to a Wawa, which is the equivalent of a 7-Eleven. Or other stores without being afraid of being stabbed or shot or maimed or raped. That's Philadelphia under a Soros district attorney. Well, I would say this to my fellow Philadelphians. If you like your Soros district attorney, you're going to love your phony Lieutenant Governor Fetterman as your senator. He'll be there on the Senate floor. He will be told what to say. But one of the things he will say as best as he can is let those murderers out. Because that's what he stands for. Please don't impose his monstrous agenda on the rest of the nation. Fetterman must, must be defeated. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. 
Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com. Select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. J.D. Vance was at a debate last night with phony fraud Tim Ryan, who voted 100% pretty much with Pelosi and Biden, but now doesn't want Biden campaigning for him. Well, Biden doesn't have to campaign for him. We know what he did. He's a phony and a fraud. So J.D. Vance at the debate last night, cut six, go. Look, I've always believed in reasonable exceptions. This is a misrepresentation of my view. But let, let, let's hear it from me, not from Congressman Ryan. Uh, I, I absolutely think the 10-year-old girl, the case that we've, of course, heard a lot about, an incredibly tragic situation. I mean, look, I've got a 9-year-old baby girl at home. I cannot imagine what's that, what that's like for the girl, for her family. God forbid something that, like that would happen. I have said repeatedly on the record that I think that that girl should be able to get an abortion if she and her family so choose to do so. But let's talk about that case. Because why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? The thing the media and Congressman Ryan, they talk about this all the time. The thing they never mentioned is that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. Fantastic. And that is one of the ways to respond to this. Fantastic. David Peterson's a former Democrat governor of New York. And he was on, what's that, Rich? Patterson, I'm sorry. David Patterson. And he was on WABC Sunday. And here in part, this is important, particularly for New York. Here in part is what he said, but I want you to listen to this. Because as long as the Democrats run your state, You're going to be in the crapper with this violent crime. Now, here's what a former Democrat governor, David Patterson, said. Cut seven, go. For the first time in my life, even in the late 80s and 90s, when the crime rate was killing 2,000 people uh, a year, I never felt as unsafe as I do now just walking around. And God forbid, uh, sometimes we take the subway home from uh, WABC and uh, you're hearing about an assault on the subway almost every other day. And it is unbelievable. But Kimberly Atkins, an MSNBC political analyst, uh, she just thinks Republicans are talking about crime and immigration to scare the voters because, of course, Republicans are racist. Cut eight, go. But even in that debate uh, in Ohio uh, between uh, J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, we, we saw J.D. Vance harping on the issue of crime and talking and linking it to things like illegal immigration harping on the issue of crime and linking it to things like illegal immigration as if crime doesn't exist illegal immigration doesn't exist the drug cartels aren't the drug cartels violent beyond belief she hasn't been down to that border apparently kimberly akins to see 
what's going on to the children, the molestation, the sex trade, the rape, the anarchy, the criminals. But there she is, MSNBC political analyst. Go ahead. The things that drive fear among voters that Republicans. You don't need to drive fear among voters, and that's not what's going on. You Democrats, whether you're dressed up as analysts or something else, it's not a matter of driving fear. You're creating fear in real life by defending violent criminals. Every Democrat running for public office right now, bar maybe 1%, is defending violent criminals. Open borders. That's the Democrat Party. If you don't agree with it, you got to vote them down. You got to vote them out. You got to keep them out. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true, and I was shocked when I read this secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution, against all freedom-loving Americans. So you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Dr. Oz will be in the program in a few minutes. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I always run out of time. I have so much to discuss with you. Joe Biden panders and stereotypes every race and religion. That's what the Democrat Party does. And they've done it really since at least Franklin Roosevelt and probably before. This is how they build their coalitions. They lie to various people. They focus on their physical aspects, their economic aspects, the religious aspects, and so forth and so on. So they, they think you'll believe that they're really standing with you. Uh, So it's not a matter of really where they stand. It's a whole fraudulent facade. And Biden's been doing this his whole life. He learned it from racists and segregationists early in his Senate career. Then he learned it from socialists and Marxists later in his Senate career, Ted Kennedy among others. And now he's... He's like the old man of pandering and stereotyping. Cut one, hat tip, town hall, go. Uh, I, I, I got raised in the black church. He knows I'm not kidding. I got my education for real. 
in the black church. And that's not hyperbole, it's a fact. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home, politically. It's a large, very identifiable Somali community. I might add, if you ever come to the train station with me, you'll notice that uh, I have great relationships with them because there's an awful lot of driving cabs. I probably uh, went to shul more than many of you did. Y'all think I'm kidding. He can tell you. <laughs> he got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who was articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice looking. You cannot go to a 7 Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. It's a fully, I'm not joking. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Have you taken a cognitive No, test? I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's <laughs> like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President <laughs> Trump, who brags about his tests and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well... If he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, young black entrepreneurs are just as capable of succeeding given the chance as white entrepreneurs are. But they don't have lawyers. They don't have they, they, they don't have accountants. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. Romney wants to let the, he said in the first hundred days, he's going to let the big banks once again write their own rules. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. The three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball, and the other one looks like he could bomb you. I will once more return to the hollow ground of Yad Vashem to honor six million Jewish lives who were stolen in the genocide and continue, which we must do every, every day, continue to bear witness. Keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust, horror of the Holocaust. I just have one thing to say. Dance a little bit, Joe. Come on. I tell you, my man. <laughs> I tell you what, if I had the talent of any one of these people, I'd be I'd be elected president by acclamation. <laughs> the man never talks about his Irish heritage. He's Irish, which is great. Fantastic. But he pretends he's everything else, and then he stereotypes the people he doesn't pretend to be. It's amazing, and he gets away with this. Well, everybody's very excited in the nationalist populist wing of the Republican Party that Tulsi Gabbard has resigned from the Democrat Party. I'm pleased by that, too. I think everybody should resign from the Democrat Party. Uh, And I've taken more of a liking to her, quite frankly. I think she's wrong often on national security. But that said, there is the rest of her positions. Cut to go. 
I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. You know... I remember when uh, Brandon decided to leave the Democrat Party. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Strzok? It's a great guy. Great guy. And how they tried to destroy him. Democrat. A gay gentleman. Conservative. Left the Democrat Party. Now we have Tulsi Gabbard who's left the Democrat Party. You don't have to agree with everything Tulsi Gabbard says. In fact, you can debate her or debate her points as aggressively as you like. That's not the point. She sounds far more conservative to me than does Liz Cheney or Mitt Romney or Lisa Murkowski or Susan Collins. I'm not into this pro-Russia crap. Maybe it's because I'm an old Reaganite. Maybe it's because I believe in humanity. Maybe it's because I know Putin is a genocidal murder. But that aside, she has the guts to speak out on what she believes. And she talks about our God-given freedoms and rights enshrined in our Constitution. People who are hostile in her party to faith and spirituality, the demonizing of police, the protecting of criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, open borders, the weaponizing of the national security state to go after their political opponents. I completely identify with these points. Completely. And if you're out there and you're a Democrat, you should give this second thoughts. Because this is a party that is destroying the nuclear family, that is hostile to faith. There are exceptions, but that's exceptions. It's not the rule. They're hostile to citizenship and securing the border from God knows what's coming across, fentanyl and so forth. It is a party that hates the Constitution and our founding. I firmly believe this is why 
So many Hispanic Americans are moving away from the Democrat Party and more and more black Americans are moving away from the Democrat Party. They don't buy this stuff about 56 different sexes. They don't want their children taught to be racists and victims. They don't want their children taught sexuality at five and six years old and being pressured through questions on whether or not their biological sex is the right sex and not to notify the parents. I don't care where the hell you go in this country. My old city of Philadelphia. I don't care if you go to North Philadelphia or you go to Balakinwood on the main line. I don't care if you go to Rittenhouse Square. I don't care where you go. People go, what the hell is this? If you're an elitist, that's different. Of course you buy into all this. You're the one that's created it. But most people don't believe in this stuff. And they do have faith. Believe in God, not government. When I return, we're scheduled to have Dr. Mamet Oz on the program. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Everybody's familiar with Dr. Oz. And Dr. Oz is with us right now. How are you, sir? I'm doing very, very well. It's an exciting time to be in politics. You've got some pretty clear decisions to make. And there's no better example of the opposite ends of the political spectrum than me and John Fetterman. And you know what's interesting? Uh, you're running against basically uh, Jello because the man is impossible to confront directly, he's impossible to have an exchange with directly. He's surrounded by sycophants and surrogates who speak for him or make apologies for him, including in the media. But his record is still coming out, Dr. Oz. His record of uh, supporting the release of murders, uh, his record of not showing up for work when he was lieutenant governor, his record of a radical left economic agenda, which is killing this country with inflation and so forth, is your message resonating, and is the truth about John Fetterman getting out despite the millions they're spending to try and recreate him? Without question. And it's evident at the simplest level when you ask people on the front lines what they think about him. So I was endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police, not just in, in Philadelphia or Scranton, but also the entire Commonwealth. And it was unanimous because they don't feel like John Fetterman has their back. They feel like they're undermined continually, that prosecutors don't do their jobs, that uh, Fetterman, who's been supportive of, of cashless bail, which means that, you know, everyone just is a revolving door. People get arrested a hundred times. There's no real penalty to pay for it. And violent individuals can then reoffend. So you build on top of that this sort of broad narrative of Fetterman that he's more interested in the criminals than the innocent that they're hurting. I mean, when he goes and tries to release dozens of convicted murderers sentenced to life in prison over the objections of the victims' families, over the objections of the judges and the juries who convicted and sentenced the person. What does that say? Now, just give you a, just a stunning visualization of this. He was asked, if you had a magic wand and could do just one thing as lieutenant governor, just one thing, what would you do? And he said, I'd get rid of life sentences. 
Now I'm thinking there are a lot of big problems you want to address in the world. How can that be the number one thing you'd want to address? But as part of a larger narrative that has created a sense uh, in Pennsylvania that you're not safe, that our streets can't be walked on. I mean, I went to, you know, you know, Philadelphia. I went to medical school at Penn, which is in West Philly. So I lived in West Philly. It was safe. I could walk to school. I never thought twice about it. You would never think of doing that. Now, parents buy their kids video games and keep them indoors because it's too dangerous. There was a 13-year-old kid killed yesterday. Half the murders, by the way, are, are, are people under the age of 18 kids. And I'm looking at these stories and I'm thinking, what, how did this happen so quickly? It's because John Fetterman was more focused on the, the pain of the criminals than the pain of the innocent victims of those criminals. And his, his agenda when it comes to uh, law and order is a pro-criminal agenda, sort of a Soros agenda with the Soros prosecutors. Uh, I suspect the DA in Philadelphia and Fetterman are aligned when it comes to their ideology, and you see the mayhem it un- unleashes. But let's talk about the economy and inflation. Wouldn't John Fetterman be part of the most radical elements, the Bernie Sanders, the AOCs, uh, just keep spending, just keep borrowing, have hardworking Americans watch their paychecks go to waste, people on pensions watch their their spending go down, manufacturing going down because of the cost of material and everything. Do you think you're able to get that message across? Oh, without question. And every day that get that the gas prices go up with the gas pump, it it reinforces it when people are paying their heating bills, it reinforces it when the cost of living continues to skyrocket. So Moms can't buy chicken for their kids anymore, but they got to downgrade the, that cheaper source of protein. I hear these, by the way. When you're traveling around Pennsylvania, people tell you these stories, and it's painful to witness it. But John Fetterman, you mentioned Bernie Sanders, endorsed Bernie Sanders. They call themselves the two most progressive candidates in America, the socialists. And he strongly supported all of Bernie Sanders' approaches, which was a lot more spending, a lot more spending. In fact, the Fetterman said, if you like Joe Manchin, don't vote for me. Because he's too moderate. I want to be like mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders. He, he gave Biden a grade of a B in the debate because he said he should have followed Bernie Sanders instead of just spending $5 trillion, He should have spent 7 or $8 trillion. It would have done more good. Well, look what happened to the economy with the $5 trillion. But here's the one that really gets me, and voters in Pennsylvania all know this now. John Fetterman, in every position he's had, has tried to raise taxes. So as mayor, he tried to do it and did, actually. His lieutenant governor tried to raise taxes 46%. Uh, he's supported the recent tax increase by in the federal government that, that Biden and um, Democrats passed, but he hasn't paid his own taxes 67 times. Think about that. Has not paid his own taxes 67 times. This nice. man wants to be senator from Pennsylvania, and he hasn't even had a job really paying him anything. He's living off his parents, still couldn't pay the small amount of taxes that were incurred because of properties and the like that were given to him by his family. And it is a fair question. You can you can have a, a great font of compassion, but if somebody wants your vote and they're running against another candidate who wants the same vote, surely it has to be fair to be able to raise questions about the ability of the other candidate to actually function properly as a senator. It's supposed to be the most deliberative body, the most amount of debate, and so forth and so on. And we just had an MSNBC reporter who sat down and interviewed with him and said, basically, uh, in the small talk, uh, she doesn't believe he understood everything they were talking about. 
That's something that I've heard from others. And just as a preamble, I have tremendous compassion for what he's going through. I actually studied and, and, and do work in the exact area that he's having problems, you know, heart failure, irregular heartbeats, strokes. These are hard to bounce back from. So I understand how challenging it is. But this isn't really a question about me and John Fetterman. This is a question about the voters in Pennsylvania. Do they have a right to see the medical records of a candidate who's been through a very difficult time? Uh, I think the answer is yes, that they have a right to be able to have them do a debate with me or answer questions from reporters or from the lay public. They have a right to, and they're not being exposed to that. They're not being allowed to see who they're voting for. Well, I would encourage the people of Pennsylvania, the Republicans, to unite. I know Pennsylvania. The Democrats aren't radical left-wing kooks. I encourage them to vote for you as well. It's DrOz.com. Dr. Oz, God bless, my friend. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. You've heard of Lady Liberty? Well, this is Mr. Liberty. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. What I'm trying to do now, America, is to connect to my call screen so we can take some of your calls. I know I have not been uh, as mindful of that as I should be. So I'm typing in the password. Let's see if it works. Oh, my Lord, it's working. So let's jump in. Oh. Well, let's do that in a second. Let's go to Ken, Detroit, Michigan, XM Satellite. Ken, how are you? Doing great. Enjoying your show. Uh, You're doing a great job, as uh, always. Uh, Mark, I just want to quickly call and uh, speak out to the uh, uneducated that might be listening to your show tonight. Uh, currently, no, I happen to be a, I happen to be a uh, free market capitalist, uh, constitutionalist. Um, years ago, I used to be an active Democrat. Years ago, I used to uh, believe in the contents of the Communist Manifesto written by Karl Marx. And I just wanted to explain to these people very quickly something that they haven't figured out yet. America being an automobile, your favorite automobile, the world view, economic view embraced by the Democrat Party is the equivalent to soda pop. 
And as you pour that soda pop into the gas tank of your automobile, it won't run. It dies. And that's the reality, as you know, of everything that the Democrat Party and the rhino Republicans believe in. It's pure sugar soda pop. Mm -hmm. No, I agree 100 percent. All right, John. Thanks for your call. I mean, Ken, sorry. Thanks for your call. You know, folks. Why is it that the Putinoids never blame Putin, Mr. Producer, for potential nuclear war? Have you noticed that? It's the neocons. That's right, because they're Putinoids. How is it that Putin is never never the bad guy? And then you get the one-liner. Oh, that doesn't mean I support Putin, but it does mean you support Putin. You're giving him a pass. I've never seen anything like this. For Brezhnev or one of the others. It's like the, the New York Times coming to the defense of Joseph Stalin. It's truly bizarre. And I'm sure the Russian trolls are still all over the place. Let me tell you something about Russia and cyber warfare. Without violating any secrets. Because I get a lot of information, you know. Russia is the second most highly advanced country when it comes to cyber warfare. Far behind the United States. But it's not China. Iran's good. China's very good. North Korea's okay. But Russia is superb. At cyber warfare. They've had decades and decades and decades of practice. And Russia does have that capability, but they do not have the capability of what the United States has. I don't know if you folks remember this, but Russia hit, I think it was Russia that hit us, cyber attack. And even Obama, who wasn't much in terms of defending the United States, they did a cyber exercise in which the lights went out, Mr. Producer. And then the lights went on in their, in their country. And then the lights went out again. Do you know why we did that? To show them that we are capable of doing enormous things with the cyber warfare. But so are the Russians. It's not as big but bigger than anybody else except us. Russia has more nuclear warheads than we do. Doesn't mean much once you've gotten past a certain number. Part of that's because Putin has violated one of the deals that was cut between Reagan and Gorbachev. He just decided he would build more what you might call middle-range nuclear missiles. So Trump kept warning them and warning them, and they kept violating it and violating it, and finally Trump said, okay, we're out of that deal too, and we'll do what we wish to do. Putin is a miserable former KGB agent, a senior agent that used to control the KGB activities in East Germany. 
with the Stasi. Putin worked his way up. He was the deputy to the mayor of St. Petersburg for a while. Became the mayor of St. Petersburg. When he blackmailed and murdered his way to the top of Russian power, his former mentor and friend, the former mayor, gently suggested maybe that's not the right move. He was assassinated the next day. I'm sick and tired of these people saying, oh, look at the president of Ukraine and this, that, and the other, and he's not a Democrat. No, he, he may not be a Democrat in the sort that we would expect, expect in a Jeffersonian republic. But the Ukrainian government's never been cleaner, less corrupt than it is today, despite all the rest. And the Russia trolls and the propagandists, they try to link the Jewish president of Ukraine, whose parents survived the Holocaust, with Nazis. And they expunge the entire Nazi relationship to Putin and even the Soviet Union. And they completely ignore that it is Putin and his military that are shelling civilian populated cities in order to kill as many people as they can. Ukraine hasn't attacked a single Russian city, not one. We know of torture chambers that the Russians set up brutalizing the men and women and the children in Ukraine. You know of no torture centers set up by the Ukrainians to do the same in their own country to the Russians. Period. The Ukrainians are not shipping Russians into Ukraine as slave labor. Because the Ukrainians aren't even in Russia. And yet the the Russians have shipped up to 2 million Ukrainians into Russia and put them to slave labor. Why is it that certain Putinoids in this country, in both parties and in the media, don't report this? And why is it that they don't say it's Vladimir Putin who keeps threatening nuclear war? It's Vladimir Putin who violated his nuclear agreement with the United States. It's Vladimir Putin who violated the 1994 Belgrade Agreement with Ukraine, the United States, and Britain in exchange for taking all the nukes out of Ukraine, Russia, Putin, would honor their security and sovereignty and even defend it if necessary. Why is it that all of this is ignored? The Nazis, they say. The Nazis, they say. The Jews are trying to flee out of Russia as fast as they can. Leading rabbis have told them to get the hell out of there. 
not Ukraine. And so some of these Putinoids who pretend that they're concerned about the Nazis and the Jews have an awful lot in common with Putin, don't they, America? Seems to me they do. As I said earlier in the show, maybe I'm just getting too old for this. It's possible. I remember when right was right and wrong was wrong. I remember when we spoke out and defended our allies and spoke out against our enemies. I remember when we confronted the old Soviet Union, Russia, in Angola, in Afghanistan, in Nicaragua, in Cuba. Republican presidents, conservatives, Reagan, and yes, Trump, I remember. I cannot abide by this appeasement and sellout of the American people in the name of opposing war when war is taking place and we have a country that keeps threatening us with nuclear Armageddon. And then we blame ourselves. We blame ourselves and never criticize Putin as the provocateur. I'll never agree to being so callous about my children and grandchildren and your children and grandchildren. So go on the Mark Levin Show Twitter and all the rest and watch the Russian trolls, the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, the radical left-wing Marxists. They're all there. Watch them. See what they say and how they lie. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Oh, my goodness. Daily Wire. Brandon Dre, Colorado officials incorrectly, quote-unquote, sent out 30,000 voter registration postcards to non-citizens. Wow. Did you know the Democrats control the state of Colorado at the highest statewide levels? Wow. I mean, mistake. First reported by Colorado Pubic Radio News, Democratic Secretary of State Jenna Griswold's office said department employees had sent the postcards on September 27 after comparing a list of 102,000 names provided by the Electronic Registration Information Center. The department has become aware that approximately 30,000 eligible but unregistered postcard mailers were incorrectly sent to ineligible Coloradans. The office is undertaking an internal review of the incident. We'll take any corrective action that is warranted. What do they mean, Mr. Producer? We'll take any correction, corrective action that is warranted. Shouldn't it be all hands on deck to fix it? Unfriggin' believable. And of course, they wonder who's attacking democracy. You don't hear Republicans doing stuff like this. You just don't see it. 30,000 absentee ballots accidentally sent to non-citizens by the Democrat Secretary of State. 
President Trump the other day. He said, you watch, watch what they're doing. Watch what the FBI is doing to me. They're talking about Hunter Biden. If Hunter Biden gets indicted on some minor issues or cuts a deal, the real goal is to show that they're fair as they try and set up Donald Trump for attack. Now, you first heard that argument right here on this program. You also heard it in my last appearance on Hannity. And that's my theory, too. And I think it's more than a theory. It's reality. And Politico has basically agreed by accident. As you know, Politico is a radical left, really a disgusting operation, the way they treated a candidate, a female veteran who was running as a Republican for a congressional seat. And they poured her information about a sexual assault that occurred against her in Politico all over the place. What a sleazy operation. And here even, again, opinion. If Hunter Biden gets indicted, there's an upside for Joe. And what is that? Jack Schaefer. Nobody with a soul hopes to see their kin convicted of a felony and sent to prison, so it's an absolute certainty Joe Biden isn't praying for prosecutors to send his son Hunter to the slammer for tax and gun purchase offenses. But even if the case against Hunter isn't as conclusive as the anonymous agents tell the Washington Post it is, then the president should, after shaking off the natural parental gloom, allow himself a moment to celebrate the political gain he stands to reap in the wake of Hunter Biden's criminal justice misfortune. A Hunter Biden indictment and prosecution would demonstrate the integrity of the Justice Department, which its previous boss, President Donald Trump, politicized and continues to attack. No, jerk. They've politicized it. That said, you see the point? I told you this is what they would do. That is, look how fair the Justice Department is, and now they have to indict Trump. Well, we will, we will fight against it behind this microphone. I want to salute all you heroes out there, all you men and women. Thank you. All the people who are still reeling from the hurricane. And I'll see you tomorrow.